1: Tech Sideline is presented by First Bank and Trust Company. They offer free checking with industry-leading mobile banking. Who you choose to bank with can make all the difference. Visit firstbank.com to learn more. What's going on, Hokie Nation? Virginia Tech hosts Pittsburgh on Saturday evening inside Lane Stadium. How do the Hokies match up against a struggling Panthers squad? Find out next. It's episode 315 of the Tech Sideline podcast, and it starts right now. We record on Thursday, September 28th, 2023, from our high tech. Tech Sideline Studio in the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel, and please share the podcast with a friend. As always, let's introduce our football crew. The same crew as always, Chris Coleman to my right, Andy Bitter across the way, David Cunningham in the fourth chair, and Jack Brizendine is producing behind the scenes. I'm your host, Giovanni Heater, and we thank you once again for joining us on your Thursday as we get you set for Virginia Tech and pittsburgh coming up on saturday night as always tech sideline is presented by first bank and trust company check out their new checking with perks account that comes with cell phone protection roadside assistance fuel savings deals and discounts and so much more visit firstbank.com to learn more about this great new account for students first we go to andy across the way now andy you had some media availability throughout the week. And instead of going person by person, I just kind of wanted to throw it out there at you.
2: Anything that stuck out? Seems like the Hokies getting a little bit healthier, maybe? A little bit. We, we'll see. Uh, yeah, this year, people's being out there this week, I think, is big. Uh, he was in the blue limited contact jersey. So that that's not... A great sign for Saturday that he's not fully cleared yet, but he hasn't been out there the last three weeks since getting hurt. I think against that ODU game, maybe re-aggravated something the following week. Not sure exactly uh, when he went down there, but he has not been available. And you look at their safety situation. Jalen Jones wasn't out there the other day. He's been filling in for Peoples uh, since he's been out. Moe's Phillips is banged up a little bit, a little bit limited to practice. Jalen Strowman has been dinged up this year. They just can't get healthy at that spot. And uh, Peoples has played so much football. He's been such a veteran leader in that group. If they could get him back, that would be huge. But uh, hasn't been cleared yet, so we'll see about Saturday. They've been playing Monster Delane a little bit at safety in practice for that contingency. Uh, they actually had they went 7-on-7 seven seven yesterday, and they had Monster Delane and Derek Canteen as the two safeties on the field. So uh, they're clearly preparing for a situation where if those guys can't go. But if, if Peoples could get
0: back, I think that would be huge.
1: What do you think, Chris? What do, it, it, The addition of Nazir Peoples, how big can that be for Virginia Tech? That would be Tech? big.
0: I, I thought uh, he played, you know, he's a sixth-year senior. I thought in the time he was in the game for, for ODU, he was playing well. And ideally, you'd like to see what this defense can do with both of their starting safeties in the lineup. I think we saw that for all of 19 plays uh, the That's first right. of the season.
2: That's right, because Stroma uh, got the the got targeting. The targeting, right, right. So that was exactly. just that quick? Wow. Yep,
0: it was that quick. So... I would love to uh, love to be able to uh, see that at some point this season. I, spe- I suspect we'll see it at some point. We just don't know when. I doubt it'll be this week. Um, I you know there are obviously a lot, there are other issues on the team. Linebacker plays a huge problem. Um, there were issues at defensive tackle and defensive end uh, against Marshall, but uh, if you can fix one of the positions, then you know maybe you fix one quarter of your problems.
2: Maybe we'll see. I mean, it seems like it is an all 11 thing yeah. on that defensive side. Another thing, you know, Jaden McDonald got a little bit more run in practice. He moved ahead of Will Johnson, the depth chart. Uh, the, the session we saw yesterday in seven on seven, they had Jaden Keller at Mike and Jaden McDonald at Will. Uh, so, you know, all the linebackers played pretty poorly against Marshall. I think they're searching for an answer there. They actually put in McDonald and George Balance, the third stringers, I feel like out of frustration in the second half against Marshall when nothing was really going right. Uh, I think McDonald of those two has a chance to get on the field a little bit more. uh, See a few more reps this week.
1: All right, well, we bring you our preview for the Pitt Panthers. How about this? Series tied all time, 11 wins, 11 losses for Virginia Tech split right down the middle between the Hokies and the Panthers. Uh, Pittsburgh, though, dominating as of late. They've won the last three. They've also won four of the last five against the Hokies. Anything that you guys remember before we get into the X's and O's and some numbers here, just about these two going at it. Obviously played each other a handful in the Big East. Then once they rejoined in the ACC, this just seems like one of those teams that is always kind of a, a tough gritty 50 50 you don't know what you're going to get
0: kind of a game uh yeah i guess except like you said it's been four out of five pit i think especially when tech goes to heinz field recently you know exactly what you're going to get accresure stadium Acreshire Stadium. they changed the name you're right you're it'll right. forever be heinz field to me you're right same, it's like same. twitter
2: i'm not going to call it x like, Ex- what is that nonsense? Never, ever
0: of course not um but in lane stadium you know it's it's kind of different um 2019 Tech won that game 28 to nothing, pissed a shutout over Kenny Pickett's team. I remember that was. You know, pouring rain. That was that, that Bud's game. last home game. I think. Yes, it was. Okay. Pitched a shutout in his last. He, he won against Wake. Wake Forest. They
2: but they played pretty well defensively in right, that game. Right. And then they pitched the shutout Correct. against Pitt. right after the game is like, "You sure you want to retire? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah this yeah, is right, still going right. pretty well
0: right now. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, gave up about thirty-five a game over the next. Yeah, I maybe mean, the the, so. the
2: Virginia and Kentucky games. are Like, yeah, yeah I think I think I'm
0: ready. I yeah, think I, think I, think I think I'm time. ready. <laughs> um, uh let's see, twenty twenty-one. It was just tech was outmatched in the trenches. I mean, they actually played well against Kenny Pickett that day. He didn't do very much. They, they just got smoked in the in the trenches. Couldn't run the football. Um, I think it was after that game where Fuente stepped in and said, "Okay, no more of this four back stuff. We're going to go with uh, going to go with Malachi Thomas and and Blackshear for, for the rest of the season." It was around that time that that happened. And uh, oh gosh, 2022. Yeah, let's let's not. Let's not remember that one. 2020
2: and 2022, not the greatest. Or 2018. 2018, 2018 and 2022. Yeah. I mean, the, mm. Virginia Tech has made Pitt look like just all Americans across the, the front in some of these games that they've played. Uh, you know, what was it? Kadri Allison and mm-hmm. who else that just ran wild on them in 2018? Oh, yeah, yeah. that dude was huge. I remember. They averaged like... 12 yards of play or something like that. Like, it was one of the most ridiculous averages Will, Will, for a game. Will
0: did the math, somehow did the did the math, got a hold of all the box stores in college football dating back to whenever. And it was the, I think it was, I wish he was here, he could tell us, but it was the, like the highest yards per play ever.
3: 13.9.
0: 13.9 yards per play. They had was,
3: 654 total yards and ran 47 offensive plays. Right. His Monday, Every play was
0: an 80-yard touchdown. In, in, in his Monday thoughts, I, I think that year he did, for that game, he did some sort of math where he figured out that was the most yards per play in a game between FBS teams since, like, as far back as the, bo- the box scores go that he could find. Yeah, for and, uh,
2: Bill Conley, his SP+, plus, right. uh, I think it was the biggest yards per play Power five versus power five right, okay. ever. Yeah. I mean, they've been going back 15 years or however yeah. long he's been doing Pitt that.
3: Ran it. Pitt ran it for 492 yards that, that was, day. That was
2: the most absurd. I game. remember. I remember. was almost the most absurd. Then two years ago or last year, uh, Israel are running for 320. It's like, okay, they make, <laughs> and any, any, they make these pit running backs well, look like All Americans. The crazy thing about it,
0: uh, last year or two years, last year? Yeah, last year. Uh, like all of Pitt's running backs were hurt, and even a Abanakanda Beca- was, like, questionable for that game. They didn't know who they were going to play at running back. Right. So he was, like, the only one that they could play, and he just busted for, yeah. for 320. And then I think
2: 2020, Kenny Pickett had a huge game. That was, like, sort of Kenny Pickett's breaking yeah. out. I mean, he, he's, he always kind of had that under mm-hmm. the surface, but I feel like that's sort of when he started taking off. I know he had a really huge game. Uh, that 2020, I forget what the final stats were. He was,
3: well, he threw for over 400 yards.
2: Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So whenever Pitt, he, he I,
3: was 35 for 52 for 400 yards and two touchdowns.
2: And I feel like before that he wasn't really like Kenny Pickett. Right. Like that was almost sort of the birth of that. I, I'd have to go back and look at the stats and when he really <laughs> kind of broke out there, but it feels like every time they play Pitt, certainly up there, somebody has some sort of record setting day. Now things are different when they're here and, uh, Believe me, I'm looking at these two offenses, and I don't think anybody's going to have a record-setting day tomorrow it or on seem Saturday, like Saturday, but uh, you never know. Sometimes uh, you know, offenses get healthy in this game when they're wearing the blue and gold.
1: So let's go ahead and take it there. Let's go ahead and start with the offense for the Pitt Panthers. And when you compare them to Virginia Tech, Chris, you, you kind of broke down the numbers for us. Um, they are both very, very strugglesome offenses.
0: Strugglesome is a good word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think if you actually look at it in, in traditional stats, you could argue that Virginia Tech is slightly better than Pitt. If you look at the advanced metrics on more efficiency ratings, Pitt is slightly better than Virginia Tech. Either way, you're talking about a Pitt offense that scored six points against West Virginia. Um, they would have been under 20 against UNC if not for, uh, I believe it was a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um and I forget who it was. Cincinnati. They were, uh, they were under twenty-five, I think. So they don't score a bunch of points. Meanwhile, you've got the Tech offense averaging 16.67 points per game over the last three games. And I think, yeah, Pitt's averaging 17 points per game over their last three. Tech is averaging 16.67. So, so you're predicting 17 to
2: 16 final scores, that yeah, what you're
0: saying? Wouldn't shock me at this point. Um, yeah, didn't,
2: the, didn't the West one of the West Virginia players come out after the Pitt games like, yeah, we knew their quarterback wasn't good. <laughs> so it's just like straight up just said it. Right. Like it's – it's He's struggling. These are two pretty bad offenses coming the, into
1: this the, game. The over-under is currently 39.5. Oh, my God. like Disturbingly low. That was, it was. Uh, that's
0: about what it was for Rutgers, or I think it actually for Rutgers, it dropped a little bit lower than that yeah, right the before Rutgers kickoff.
2: almost covered it by himself.
0: I know. I know. So. Yeah.
1: Well, the Panthers come in one and three on the year, 0 and 1 in conference play. Uh, Essentially the same record as Virginia Tech, but they have played an ACC game. That's a beautiful thing if you want to find the silver lining. Virginia Tech is undefeated in conference play.
0: Two games ahead. Well, yeah, two games in the loss column ahead of Clemson. That's right. Take that. There we go.
2: Lapping Clemson in the standings right now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Just like we all thought.
1: Who would have thought? Who would have thought, right? Well, let's go ahead and dive a little bit more into this offensive attack. why not go for the Phil Jerkovic route and, and tell his backstory for those that might not know a guy that uh, was really good at Boston college was kind of looked at as maybe one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC after he kind of had a breakout season, then struggled another year after that at BC ended up entering the transfer portal. Uh, Fell upon Pitt, which made a lot of sense because he got to meet back up with his offensive coordinator that he had great success with. Chris, a guy that, you know, maybe they can get the ball rolling a little
0: bit now that he's back with his OC, but it hasn't looked like it so far. He's been very bad so far, 51.1%. 583 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions and he's only above 50% because I think he completed about 75% against Wafford in the first game of the season. It's just has been pretty bad. He had a really good year in 2020 for Boston College, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions, really strong pocket passer. Um, he's had a couple of injuries since then and I, and I think that's hurt him, but Overall, for whatever reason, he he has just not been able to get it going ever since that 2020 season. Did lose his offensive coordinator, so you could say maybe that's the reason. But now they're reunited again, and it's not working out at, at Pittsburgh. So I, I do think there's, a, there's some sort of deeper issue going on there. But it, at any rate, yes, he has not played particularly good football since 2020, and he might not even play this week. So we'll see. Yeah, he
2: hasn't uh, – no favors have been done by the health of his offensive line the last two years. I mean, mm-hmm. B.C. was a train wreck last year with all the guys they had. Pitt has a ton of injuries. Uh, was it Matt Goncalves, the, the left tackle. left tackle, tackle mm-hmm. just been out for the year. They had a couple other guys that have been missing time. Starters up front. We'll see if any, uh, either of them come back – or if, uh, I think Cradle, the center, uh, possibly could come back here soon. Uh, I mean, that's just a struggle. He's not a mobile guy. He's a pocket passer that goes back there. Uh, he's been dinged up. We'll see if he goes. Uh Christian Veyer. Veyer is how you pronounce nice. it apparently. Uh how the French say it. Uh a guy who used to be at Penn State, uh when Brent Pry was there. So he knows a little bit about him. I don't think their offense changes much if he goes in the game, but he's sort of an unproven guy. I haven't seen a ton of him Uh, in games so far so I don't think their offense changes much but I don't think their offense was going to be you know radically better or or worse if if one quarterback's in the game or the other because Dracovic's just been so bad this year.
0: Pitt's offense kind of do the same thing every year. Um, Yeah they're not going to switch it up. Right right it it is what it is Uh, even when like Kenny Pickett was there I doubt it was Radically different than it is right now, except the level of play was much much higher. Well, they threw it when Pickett really got it rolling. Yeah, and uh,
2: I forget the offensive coordinator they had who went to Nebraska uh mm-hmm. after that you know record-setting year where Pickett's a Heisman finalist yeah I was like Kenny Pickett Pitt quarterback is a Heisman finalist mm-hmm. I remember seeing him the first couple of years when he played Virginia Tech and I'm like I just don't see
0: it but he's got small hands right I, I just don't <laughs> see it every
2: year I'm like they keep trotting this guy out here and I just don't see it and all of a sudden at the end it's like okay they were clearly I don't know with, football with other the right people.
0: offensive coordinator he was yeah. a great player
2: clearly other people know football better than I do because they saw it and he broke out by the end but uh you know, other than that, yeah, Pitt—they're gonna. P- Narduzzi wants to run the ball. He wants to be physical, and uh, you know, I look at Virginia Tech's defense and I go, I don't know if that's the kind of game they want to play, having another team come in and just try to run it down their throat.
1: Uh, definitely not the strong suit of the Hokies so far this year, Chris. How many times have you said that a good offensive coordinator can elevate a
0: quarterback tremendously? I Lots, mean, and I think I've realized that a lot more within the last 12 months.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, just breaking down a couple of Dracovic's numbers here. I mean, some of it was staggering. Like, yeah, 17 for 23 for 214 and a tutty against Wofford. You should do that. Cincinnati, 10 of 32, only completing 31 percent of his passes for 179 yards. Did throw three touchdowns, 11 of 15. Now he got knocked out of that UNC game, uh, but no touchdowns. And three interceptions against West Virginia going 8 of 20 for 81 yards. I mean, that's just a, a really, really tough game. He's only completing 51% of his passes. Four touchdowns, the three picks, touchdown-interception ratio. And again, we might not even see him. Um, on the other side, when you, when you go ahead and talk about their their backup quarterback in uh, Christian Veyerre, he did get a little bit of time at Penn
0: State, uh, played like a game or two. Chris, what did you see out of him in he that? He played a lot in one game against Rutgers back in 2021 when he was a freshman and did well on that game. Um, but his only extended time this year at Pitt was last week against UNC, and he threw two picks and looked like it was no different than when Djokovic was in the game. So that's why I think there's, there's probably deeper – issues like obviously he hasn't had very many reps you can't like one game against Rutgers is a small sample size but he did do well on that one sample size and then Djokovic has had, had the good year at Boston College and hasn't been able to replicate it so I do think offensive line has been, has been a problem uh, for them and didn't get any better now that they lost their, uh, their, their best offensive lineman so they're taking Ryan Baer who's listed as their backup at left tackle, but they're going to start him at right tackle and then move their starting right tackle over to left tackle. That's how they played it last week uh, against North Carolina. Um, they're still big up front, 330, 330, 305, 330, and 330, um, but they have not been playing well. And I think that, uh, as much as anything, has has impacted their their passing game. But I also, like it's not quite clear to me what the talent they have at wide receiver is it because those guys aren't very gifted or is it because the quarterbacks are bad or is it because the offense itself is just broken and so nobody looks good? I, I don't know. I don't it's, Unless I was watching Pitt every day, it's hard to form a strong opinion on that. But I just know when you look at the overall stats, that offense isn't working.
1: Well, Pitt, always known for good running backs. That's kind of the M.O. of the Pitt Panthers, and uh, no stranger to that, this year that is one of the positives of their offense. If you can find one, Rodney Hammond Jr. leads that
0: room. Kind of a stud out of the backfield. I think Rodney Hammond's a good player. Um, I I think uh, when you look at his career, I I looked at all of his games where he had double-digit carries, and, and he's done well in those games. Four and a half yards per carry. Uh, you know, he can't. There, there are times when they've called on him to be a workhorse and he's been able to do the job. I would say that studying this game, Saturday would probably be another time where you want to go ahead and say, okay, Rodney, you're going to get the ball 20 times this week. And, and the, the backup's going to get it 10, at least, right? He's only P- had 20 or more carries twice. Well, In it's going to should be three if they're smart.
2: <laughs> if, they, if there's a game for a pit running back to get healthy <laughs> and break out, it's against the Virginia Tech Hokies. Just historically, that's what it's been lately. Uh, you know, we should go back and look at who, what was their career best day for those. Former pit running backs. I know James Conner probably had a, a bunch of them because he was ridiculous when he was there. But I bet you that was Kadri Allison's best day. I know Absolutely. it was Israel Benikani. Yeah. I think, best I think day. it wasn't
0: that like twenty or twenty five percent of his career yardage <laughs> against Virginia was. Tech. Yeah, I mean that
2: that was. I, I forget the other back in that game, but he also had a big yeah. game uh, as well. So uh, Rodney Hammond, uh, you know, might want to get the the muscles loose for this one. I think he's going to be used a lot and. You know, based on what we've seen out of Virginia Tech this year, eventually he's going to pop one because that's been, you know, sort of the Hokies' MO right
0: now. Yeah, I think patience is the key for Pitt. Like, it's so unlikely that Virginia Tech is going to score many points in this game. So, Pitt's been inconsistent offensively. So, I just think you got to just keep pounding the rock, maybe run some play action off of it and try to keep Tech on their toes and such. But generally speaking, keep pounding the rock. Even if you're not consistent with it, you're going to eventually bust a few. And so I think if you, if you just get patient and make sure you don't get frustrated and you just wait for Tech to screw up, whether that's not having run fits, whether that's penalties at critical times or, or whatever, because it's like Tech doesn't have the offense to run you off the field or, and probably doesn't have the offense to even take a two-score lead at any point. So just stick to your game plan and it'll eventually fall your way if Virginia Tech continues their current trend.
2: Well, knowing Narduzzi that's probably what he'll do Absolutely. <laughs> because he hates throwing the ball. Even when they were throwing, when they were throwing out that year with Pickett, when he was doing great <laughs> and he's like Heisman trophy and you know, 40 touchdown pass or whatever he had that year. He's still like, man, we're throwing the ball too much. It's like, yeah. Cause you're having success with it, man. And you're still complaining about this. I, th- I think, <laughs> you know, you look at his background, he's big 10 guy, defensive guy, I think he wants to run the football, run the football, run the football. I think Pry is kind of like that, too, that he'd prefer to play that way. I don't think he has the personnel to do it, but that's just these guys' natures. Defensive guys run the football, don't put it at risk in the air, and I think they love to play that way.
1: How do we feel about Narduzzi? It just feels like a situation. You hear a name like that who's had success. I mean, took his team to an ACC championship in recent history, and you just – Think when you look across the sideline, where Virginia Tech's at. Like, man, if it gets down to the fourth quarter, and these two teams are going at it and it's close, like, they might have the ability to outcoach you. What are your thoughts?
0: I think he's a veteran, excellent defensive coach, sixty-three and forty-three career record. I think 41-26 in the ACC had plenty of success. You can't argue. I think he's a good pit, good fit for Pitt, and you know tech fans don't like him obviously dating back to that 2016 game when he kept going nuts on the sideline and he's not the calmest guy on the world on the sideline personally like i appreciate the bad guy role like it's not any fun unless unless you have some villains right like uh it's not any fun to watch a batman movie if he's when he if he's just driving the batmobile around and there's nobody no bad guy right (laughs) what's the point of even making a movie so what's the point of even playing unless there's no villains on your schedule, right? So I think the only thing I, I could wish more is that, like, maybe he takes the West Virginia job or something like that. That, that would really make tech fans hate him. Although, the, well, we what, don't play what? them. Exactly. Yeah. Tech, they don't play him anymore, so that, that wouldn't work. Um, but I think that would be awesome if it ever, if it ever, yeah, can, he's, he's yeah. a
2: lunatic and I love him for it. Yeah, yeah. Cause cause he's no just doubt. like insane on the sideline, he's on the officials all the time. He kind of says what what's on his mind at press conferences. Remember when Jordan Addison went to USC and he's basically like, "Yeah, USC tampered." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like a lot of coaches out there, like they dance around and stuff. He just comes out and says it. It's, yeah, it's I like, like I like that. He doesn't care. Te- te- he doesn't care.
0: Te- tech fans recently have like. They, this is what fans do when you start losing, is they start nitpicking your press conference. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, so like nobody even noticed that Justin Fuente crinkled a water bottle until he lost six games in a season. I don't or, know, I well, think people noticed it. But they, they didn't They didn't complain about <laughs> it. It became a thing. Yes, it became a thing. At that point. So now they're nitpicking every single thing Price says. Oh, he should be more honest and blah, blah, blah. Well, like, it, basically you're describing what you want from your head coach in a press conference. You're describing Pat Narduzzi. So tech fans want Pat Narduzzi as head coach.
2: Yeah. and Like (laughs) he's just, he is so one tracked with how he goes about his team. He's like, this is what we are and we're not going to switch it up. Like defensively, it's like, we will commit everything to the run and put our, our defenders on an island out there and beat us on 50, 50 balls. And we will not switch that up whatsoever. To the point that Virginia Tech beat them one time with three 100-yard receivers because that's the only thing that they could do mm-hmm. in that game. Just chuck it up, and you know Isaiah Ford, Bucky Hodges, Cam Phillips kept winning those 50-50 balls, and they what was it 39-36 in that game that to they have won. Have those guys again. I mean, just like the slightest alterations defensively, but he's like, nope, this is what we are. And you heard it Brent Price say this week, you know, they're simple. And that's not an insult. That's just to describe how they do it. They're simple. They do what they do. They're good at it. They don't really alter what they do. I think that's just, you know, Narduzzi's persona. He's like, here it is. Beat us if you can.
0: They know who they are. And there's something to be said for
1: that. You mentioned uh, Justin Fuente in press conferences. Do you remember that one after a bowl game where somebody said, like, Coach, Belk sorry ball. for your loss? And he goes, Well, <laughs> nobody <said>
0: died. <laughs> or something. What, it was after the Belk Bowl loss. Yeah. It was after the Belk Bowl loss.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was the Kentucky one. Yeah. And I was there, and I know fans really get on Fuente about that. The way this question was phrased. Oh, it was, it was a like, bad question. He, yeah. No, he was like, Coach, I'm so sorry for your loss. Like, he yeah, said yeah. it like somebody had died. died. Yeah. And maybe Fuente. <laughs> his response joking about it. it was a little too gleeful. It's okay. nobody he, passed away. Uh, he, he did the, you know, nobody passed away. And then he like laughed at himself. <laughs> kind of weird. It was like, uh, it was that like was the so Kawhi Leonard, like yes. laughing himself. And I think maybe put it over the top. But <laughs> it, the way that that question was prefaced it, it was a totally the right response because he really did ask it like somebody had died. So yeah, I'll give Fuente a break on that one. Uh, maybe <laughs> not what fans want to see after a tough bowl loss, but uh, it, the situation wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. Chris,
1: another kind of side piece. You had mentioned like, oh, it would be awesome if Narduzzi would go to West Virginia. Do you see West Virginia? Just curious, like as a more desirable job than Pitt? I almost think Pitt,
0: you play in an NFL stadium. They're like similar, uh, but I don't know if that's in... I don't think it really matters. I think they're similar enough jobs. I think there's unique things about each that you just. I think they they can both sustain the same levels of success with the right coach. Right now that wouldn't happen. He's not going to go from pit right. You never to would. Yeah. I think right Neil around.
2: Brown's getting over the hump anyway. It feels yeah, like a little better. Bit. Michigan better. State is open though. Narduzzi did coach at Michigan State oh, previously, right. so I wonder if you're that right. could be a possibility. I don't know if uh-huh. they want to revisit the past there if they want to move forward uh, with how they're doing that. I mean, that's a a job that they'll pay a lot of money for a coach. I'm I'm curious to see what kind of coach they can land there. Maybe Mike Elko. I was going to say they might. Mike Elko is going to be a hot name for every coaching vacancy this fall. So this winter. So we'll see.
1: I remember uh, Carter Hill, who, I mean, everybody that's watching knows because he does this stuff with us. And he texted me as Duke was playing Clemson and they were like smashing him towards the end. He goes, all right. What SEC job is Mike Elko leaving for next year? You know, it just kind of had that feel. Somebody's going to it. Gonna
2: take a look. Somebody's going to throw a lot of money his way. Yeah, and Duke better be prepared to match it. And even that might not be enough. Yeah, you know, if Elko looks like, hey, I've maxed what I can do at Duke, it's time to move on to another. another That's, that point. has to
1: be one of the toughest jobs in college football. Absolutely, Duke, no doubt. Let's see what David. You got anything for us in the fourth
3: chair? Yeah, not specifically about Pitt. Uh, I don't think anybody wants. I. It's funny. I you know every before most podcasts I post on the message boards and hey anybody have any questions and sometimes it's preview you know people want to know about Marshall people want to know about Pitt people want to know about the opponent every question I received this week all about Virginia Tech everybody wants to know about the injuries about what's going on Um, there are there are a few good ones Um, I I have a question about uh, the wide receiver room um, somebody asked with injuries to Jennings Gallo and Lane uh it seems like Tech's lost its top three receiving choices is tech really any better in that room than last year seems like Steve uh Benji, Benji Gosnell has
0: replaced Nick Gallo's production but not much from any of the others I don't think Gallo is going to catch many passes this year uh I think the, I think like right I've I would have always picked Wright to catch more passes than Gallo but Gallo's a in there for run plays. Yes, he would catch a few passes, but I don't think he was going to go out there and catch, you know, 20 or 30 or anything like that. Um,
2: and I, Gusnell looks pretty good. Gusnell looked, tight end. I, yeah, I've been impressed by yeah, him Yeah, I think so far. Yeah,
0: he's got a good future. Uh, but as far as the receivers go, I still think they're better there last year than, than they were. Um, you know, Felton, you know, has shown signs. Um, I think... I think Gosnell at wide receiver. Gosnell, he made that one-handed yeah. catch last yeah, week. Yeah, I it think was really impressed. He was one that. of the bright spots of the offense, and there was another play uh, where, you know, he just basically ran a, a you know a turnaround route and just such a high-quality play on his part. You see, so many receivers they don't come back to the ball on plays like that, and that's the hardest play for a receiver to make. You got a ball coming at you 100 miles an hour, and you're going back towards it, and you're catching it with with your hands, and he did it perfectly, just like you draw it up. Um, I do think Tech is improved at wide receiver, even without Jennings out there. I just don't think you're going to see it with drones at quarterback. He's not as advanced passer as Wells. Uh, So I I don't think – and that that was always my concern is, like, when I saw, okay, Virginia Tech so improved at wide receiver this year, this is even if they had Jennings in lane. I'm like, okay, so that's probably your strength on offense this year. So how could you start your quarterback that isn't nearly as good a passer as the other quarterback? Then you won't be able to take advantage of your strength of your offense. Uh, But, I mean, that even applies now with with Jennings out. Um, I I do think that the Tech receivers are better. It's just you would need the more experienced quarterback in the game to really prove that conclusively.
2: Well, last year they didn't really have a second receiving option. This year they have some other receiving options out there. So I think even as – as tough as some of the injuries have been, and I don't think Jalen Lane was 100% last week. I mean, Price said he was 85% or whatever he was. That showed up on the field a little bit. I still think with, you know, Felton, Guznell, uh, you know, some of the younger guys that are coming along, I think there's more promise in that room, even if the production hasn't been a ton better than what it's been previously.
3: Andy, yesterday at practice we saw that Braylon Moore, What you described it as gingerly. He was moving gingerly. Um, we got an offensive line question outside of Brody Meadows is there anybody you think will play get playing time this weekend at guard
2: with the injury to Braylon Moore uh i mean you would think if ever there was a time for Clayton Frady to make an appearance this would be it if it's uh, you know dwindling options there um I'm trying to think of who else are even options there Johnny Dixon, Johnny Dixon. i guess is also in there uh bring some fire we saw him at that one practice uh getting thrown yeah. out of that one practice maybe you need that for a game like Pitt, where it's gonna some be a people fist say fight tech out there
0: doesn't hit anybody well yeah <laughs> uh
2: you know maybe you throw him out there and, and see if he can rile up the other team uh get them <laughs> off their game but uh you know i think meadows will be the the main guy i i would probably expect him to start just based on what i saw at a braylon uh yesterday just didn't look like he could move that well. Uh, but there's just not a ton of options. I mean, you get further down the, the depth chart, it gets younger and younger and younger, and I don't know if that's necessarily the way to go. But, you know, Frady was the guy they brought in as a transfer. He was a veteran guy that they thought could play a couple different spots. I, has he played this year? He hasn't played a down on the offensive line. I don't know about special teams.
0: I mean, I feel like if ever there was going to be an opportunity with the depth chart where it is right now, this would be the week. Some of these guys that transfer, like you got to be really careful when you decide to hit the portal, especially when you're transferring up a level. Like, he was a good player for Gardner-Webb, but he was not a dominant player. But you're still a guaranteed starter at the FCS level, which in the grand scheme of things is the third highest level of football out there. And he transfers up to try his hand at another level and hasn't played a down. So I wonder how that affects your thinking as a player. Do you sit there and say, yeah, I really made a great decision? I don't know. You'd have to ask him.
2: Is it better to play at the FCS level or be on an FBA power five team and everything that comes with that? I'd probably want to play, but you know, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Anything else from you, David? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got two
3: other big picture questions if we've got time for that.
1: Let's run it. Um, or do we want to save it to the end? Up to you. We can save it to the end. Okay, okay, we'll save it to the end. Well, the Tech Sideline podcast is also brought to you by Triumph NIL. Matter of fact, we forgot to replace their hat above Andy's left shoulder uh, for a helmet. So little plug for Triumph, uh, a unique experience sports marketing agency specializing in building custom name image and likeness partnerships for student athletes. They've built out an amazing content network featuring student athletes and coaches. Visit triumphnil.com to learn more, subscribe and support Hokies in NIL. All right, let's talk defensive side of the football, Chris, some names to look out for. What do the pit Panthers offer on the defensive side? What could stifle the Hokies on Saturday?
0: You know, Historically, Pitt is known for smallish defensive tackles, but very quick defensive tackles. And Narduzzi has made a living off that, sort of like Bud Foster uh, made a living off of it. You, you hear people talking about Tech's defensive tackles are too small. Well, I mean, Pitt's starting def- defensive tackles are two ninety and two eighty five. I mean, it's it's That's not that, it's not that Tech's defensive tackles are too small. They just haven't played well enough. Um, I think they've got a they've got a good defense across the board like I don't know that you could say they have a star I think their most consistent player so far has been Donovan Mcmillan who's a former four-star recruit from Pennsylvania
2: Hokie's in the mix for him uh, again twice to the day. twice
0: yeah. um, uh, in the mix for him out of high school and he went to Florida tech might probably finished second or third in that and then in the mix for him last year when he transferred from Florida and we're probably very much in the mix then but he went back to Pitt because that's you know the hometown team and everything like that didn't get to play very much at florida but playing pretty much an every down player for Pitt so far and has played pretty well uh, big safety um i just think they're solid across the board A- aj woods hasn't played as well at corner this year as he but but he's played well in the past for them and if there's any week he's going to get back on track it would you would think it would be this week against the Virginia Tech offense so, yeah, there's just a lot of a uh, lot of uh, experience here uh, four seniors on the defensive line three of them red shirt seniors so the two defensive tackles are red shirt seniors and their two backups are red shirt seniors uh, you got a red shirt it, it, it linebacker you've got a senior a red shirt senior and a red shirt junior I mean in the, in the secondary, you've got redshirt senior, junior, redshirt senior. Youngest player on defense is a shirt sophomore, and there's just one of them. So it always seems like every year when you look up and down the, the, the pit depth chart right here, it's juniors and seniors all over their starting lineup. Like Narduzzi is very, very good about develop developing players and, and retaining guys, I, I think, because I think it's really hard to build a team these days with a bunch of seniors and juniors but he's been able to do it and he's shown the ability to develop those guys over time I know they're they're having a down year so to speak this year but the season's not over and there is a history of Pitt starting you know one and two or one and three or two and four and then coming back from that to have to go on and have a good year so they're in a situation that that he's been in before as a coach and he's got a he's got a senior laden team and I know their offense hasn't been very good but you know you see a lot of seniors and juniors on the offensive side of the ball too so very experienced team overall and uh you know I think their defense had a tough day stopping the run against Cincinnati earlier this year but other than that those guys have been good
2: yeah I I was going to point out the experience of the, the front seven there the youngest guy is a redshirt junior, <laughs> everybody else is, is fifth year or fourth year or fifth year guys, sixth year possibly. Um, I never worry about them reloading on defensive line. It seems like every year they, they put a lot of guys. It was it last year's Kalijah Kansi? it was, and he was uh, an undersized defensive tackle. Yeah, and, and I mean, you look in the past, Aaron Donald, undersized, who's just like dominated the NFL yeah. when they, they took him. He was like the, what, 12th or 13th pick in the draft. Yeah. I saw that. I'm like, he's going to be great for like a decade. Then we're going to look back at that draft and all the people taking ahead of him and be like, what were you thinking taking these guys ahead of him? He was here. like
0: 12th in the draft. And then out of high school, he's probably 1,200th.
2: Right. Yeah. And then they they have a history of finding guy, guys like that. They know what they're looking for defensively. Yeah. They have, I mean, you know, Pitt doesn't recruit. You know, if there's a model for what, I hope, you know, Virginia Tech, could become what Virginia Tech used to be. Right, exactly. Very similar it's, to what Tech used to be. They find guys that fit their system. They develop them. Uh, they're not all four-star recruits, five-star recruits are like that, but they fit this defense and they develop them over time. And they lose a bunch of guys on defensive line every year and they replace them with guys that can be good. And they just have this assembly line coming through there. And they always get after the quarterback. I think they're like 20th. In sacks this year, or something like that. They have a bunch of sacks. They get after the quarterback. Uh, I think they're going to be tough against the run. I know they haven't been great against the run, but they're not terrible against the run this year either. So, uh, you know, you better bring your your big boy pads to this game because if you're going up against this defensive line, you know, they're gonna
0: it's going to be a black and blue game.
1: Special teams, anything stand out to you? These two teams seem pretty even, really, in that category when you look at the national rankings. We have
0: a punt returner who has returned a punt for a touchdown in his career, and they have a kickoff returner, a true freshman, who actually returned a kickoff for a touchdown last week against UNC. So, yeah, there are things to, to watch for right there. So in a game like this, it's going to be low scoring, most likely. We think it will be. You never really know. But it's probably going to be low scoring, and I, you can see it being a one-score game throughout like one big play on special teams can be the the difference between victory and defeat oh, yeah. in a game like this. So, uh, special teams is always important, but like in a game like this, it's definitely something you want to keep an eye on.
1: You saw that in Purdue and Fresno State game. Really, wasn't even close unless Purdue had that massive kick return. Yeah. Um, and that's just one game that we happened to talk about Mass- on the pod earlier ma- this ma- year.
0: Massive kickoff return, and they also had a punt return to set up like a 17 yard touchdown drive. So they basically scored two touchdowns off special teams. And other than that, Purdue hasn't played well this year. And I'm not even going to say they played well against Virginia Tech because you really have to. When you look at both these offenses, like what could a 20-yard field do for these offenses? It's like
2: you get the ball and you're 80 yards from the end zone. You're like, all right, it's going to take a lot going right on this drive to get points. <laughs> you get it at the 20 with an interception or a, a, a Kick return or something like that. I mean, that could be the difference in this game, and where in a game where I think touchdowns will be sparse, so uh, special teams could be huge. The turnover thing, always huge. I think those are the r- really key areas in this game.
1: We, my argument to that would be is Tech struggles in the red zone a little bit, but. You still, I mean, yeah. I'd, rather <laughs> I'd rather be there. The I'd rather be <laughs> there. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You, can, you can still kick a field goal. <laughs> right, points
2: are points in a game like this. Take the points when you have the opportunity in this one.
1: Absolutely. David, what you got for us in the fourth chair before we play a little uh, buy, seller or hold?
3: Yeah, I was going to – I'm lo- I'm looking it up. Uh, Gio, what do you think Virginia Tech's percentage in the red zone this year is? Mm,
1: well, you got to think the first game they left some to be desired. I think in the first game they went six for nine, right? something around the uh, around Sounds there. About right. I'm just talking I'm talking total red zone scores, Total red zone like like field goals count. Field goals included, uh, I'm going to say we're like 78% in the red zone.
3: 75%. All right. 12 of 16. Okay. So, it's really yeah, not terrible. As far as touchdowns are concerned, Virginia Tech is 7 for 16. So, just below 50%. Um but f- you add in five field goals um, this is a group that I
0: think if you spotted them in good field position, they'd probably find a way to score. To get something out of it. But the problem is, was it 16 possessions in the red zone in four games? Yeah. So uh, and nine half. Of,
2: and nine of them came against ODU. ODU. Well, so and that's a pretty low a couple, low number for the last couple. A couple, couple games. of those
0: after turnovers, right? Right, yeah. and, and a punt return.
1: Well, and to win games against good teams, you, ha- you can't settle for field goals. Like, obviously, you're going to kick some field goals, but you'd like to turn the— Like, I felt like the ODU game, there were a couple of times that you're like, ah, man, like you would have liked to see him get six there because they were right there. Well, I um, think
3: it is interesting. Um, you know, Pry did, like, Pry opted to go for it last week instead of kicking. Yeah. It was a forty-eight
2: yarder though. Yeah, It's not like it was guaranteed yeah. points. And uh, I like the aggressive. I like the aggressiveness at that point. I didn't yeah. necessarily like the play call. And I don't know if the read was right. And maybe you could have tucked it and run it. When you look at the coverage, not a lot of everybody was covered on that everybody play. So I don't covered. know if there's anywhere to throw it. But they only rushed three. Uh, so you know, m- maybe Marshall baited them into the into that uh, throw on fourth and three. But I like the I like the aggressiveness in that situation when your running game was rolling. The offense was kind of feeling it. Uh, if it's a 28-yard field goal, maybe I feel different about it. But 48, there's no guarantee you even get points in that situation. If you miss that, you, you give it give them the ball at midfield anyway. So correct. And uh, he had just
0: seen Love miss a uh, 36-yarder the week yeah, before. Yeah, the week. True. Yeah, so you
2: know, I like that. I I don't really uh, you know knock him too much for that that yeah, decision.
0: I don't either. Um, Brandon Patterson broke that play down in his article for us yesterday, and. They showed blitz, so it's yeah. like daring Tech to throw the ball, and then they backed out of it. But they did have the way their linebacker backed up; he ran immediately to where the slot receiver went, and then they had triple coverage on the receiver that the ball eventually went to. It was all it was it seemed like they had a pretty darn good idea of what they were about to bait Virginia Tech into. So I have no issue with, with going for it on that play. I just I have an issue with Tech's offense in general. Uh, yeah. I don't think the strategy was wrong there. Uh, I just think they're. Marshall knew what to look for and knew exactly how to defend it.
1: I thought it was excellent defense considering you have an inexperienced quarterback there. Show like you're going to run right at him, drop yeah. out of it. And then he kind of threw it right away. And, uh, I would like to see him run drones there. Fourth and three, like a big body. but uh, He's always got the option to run. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Nevertheless, uh, let's play a little buy, seller, hold. Sure. Sounds good. We, we fared pretty decent last week. I mean, you guys kind of nailed it. You only had like three no's on the board and a lot of yeses as far as if you were correct in your, in your picks. And almost everybody agreed for each one as well. So uh, let's see if we can keep the positive momentum going. First question, tech scores more than 20 points, buy, seller, hold. Sell.
2: Sell. I hit him with 16. David. I'm,
1: I'm with you guys. Tech holds Pitt to under 185 yards rushing.
0: <laughs> sell. Sell.
2: I've got to sell. I mean, I've seen the the, the product yeah. the first couple weeks and I've seen the history with Pitt. I'll sell. At this okay. point, I gotta
0: see something before I'm actually right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm selling. Selling, no <laughs> okay.
1: So, what would be your line on that? I thought 185. I was like, maybe I could get somebody. It's a good and-
2: line. I just, no matter what you put it at, yeah. I've got to see them do well, better than keeping, you know, keep somebody under 200 before we start talking about 185. All right, so, right. I have, so I have a question.
3: Yeah, how? When when Pitt came to Blacksburg, the last time, uh, in 2021, how many rushing yards d- did Pitt have? Hmm, well Kenny didn't have the best day. 161. Abanacanda uh the Bannicanda had a pretty good day. He only, he didn't score a touchdown, which is kind of shocking, but well, it was only 28. Well, he made seven. up for it with six the next He was year, only 28-7. So. Pitt ran for 208, 208 on the ground. Wow. So maybe you said you said the line like me like two ten.
0: Yeah, yeah. I w- but but that Tech defense was much better than this Tech defense. It yeah. wasn't a great defense, but it was much better. But this that off and that this pit was pit offense better. was better. Yeah, it's true. I'll I'm going two twenty two. I like that. That's that's
1: probably fair. All right, Tech gets a pick this week because Pittsburgh has thrown a lot of interceptions so far in twenty twenty three. Both their quarterbacks are responsible for picks.
2: Turnovers
0: are so random that I got to hold. Okay, I'm
2: gonna buy. Yeah, I think they had one. Yeah, Monsoor should, should have had one last yeah, week. And yeah. to the one that, you know, that Fancher basically handed it off to Kelly Lawson on that one. <laughs> I don't even know what he was looking at that. And then Keontae made a nice pick. But I feel like those corners are are itching for one right now. And I think Monsoor maybe regrets the one they dropped <laughs> last week, even though it wouldn't have counted because the interference. But I'll go buy.
1: Keontae's was nice. That was a nice pick. It was nice. Um, What do you got, Dave?
3: I'm going to actually buy two. I think, uh, like, this is an area... You talk about like areas Virginia Tech has improved from from the beginning of the season. Like winning the turnover battle is huge. We talk about it before the season. Like you got to do the little things right. Tech won the turnover battle last week. Fumbled it once, could have been twice. Uh, could have had three picks instead of two. But um, I think one of the few things the defense has done right is force turnovers a little bit more. I, I think Tech gets at least one this week. So they've uh, forced five
0: so far this year. Three against ODU, then they didn't force any in the next two, but then yeah. two this past week. So they've already forced five. They forced nine last season. Mm. So they're 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 on track to force more this year. And and yeah, I mean last week was it was good that they did force two because you know in a close game that that plus one turnover margin can be the difference. It just didn't work out. The that next like step is
2: capitalizing, getting yeah. points at the other end. All right.
1: Tech is able to hold uh, Rodney Hammond Jr. to under three and a half yards per carry. So,
2: whatever you put this number at, i okay. was going to sell. Okay. So. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Which is the running game? Uh, no,
1: yeah, okay. No, yeah. <laughs> David, you sold as well? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Tech runs the ball for 125 yards or more.
0: 125 or more I think they better like if you've got a quarterback whose strength is running then I think you've got to have a run heavy game plan and uh shorten the game not that Pitt's going to score a bunch of points but I mean I I think it's kind of the same plan for Virginia Tech like like don't don't do anything to screw it up and just go out there and then see how the game breaks um I'm I'm going to I'm gonna go over, not by a lot, but I'm gonna go over. You're gonna okay. I'm yeah. gonna
2: sell. I don't like the. I don't like this matchup. Okay. Them. I just the. I think the offensive line is gonna struggle, and as a result, I don't think there's gonna be a lot of room for the backs. I'm gonna hold. Oh, we got to buy, we got to sell, and a hold. I this love is, it. This is where the the difference comes. Yeah, okay. I think <laughs> it's it's God, it's gonna be close.
3: Like Tech ran for 184 last week, 129 at Rutgers. I'm I'm very interested. to to see how this goes again. That pit front is good, but the only thing tech has really been able to do consistently with drones is run the ball. I'm interested to see how it plays out.
1: All right. I'm looking at the weather right now. It is looking like Saturday. It's going to be partly cloudy. It's going to be a nice night as yeah. of right now in Blacksburg. I was worried. I saw rain earlier in the week for Saturday. But the weather's not like going to be a factor. Up. It's going to be a beautiful tailgating day. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. So my question to you guys is, is so it's, it is it is a sellout. Is this place actually going to be fully packed? One and three on the year, facing a one and three team. Do you think it's kind of like the corners are a little empty, or you think this place is going to be juiced? It'll
0: be spots of empties. So you I, buy. I think, uh, but, I mean, it's will it be any different? It's hard to judge because, like, yeah, packed house for ODU, first game of the season. The Purdue game with the weather uh, obviously put, played a factor. Um, I mean, it'll be a very good crowd. Uh, how many of them are still there for the second half? I don't know, especially in a game that doesn't promise to be very entertaining. ACC opener, I'll buy. I, th- I think there's still enough.
2: I don't know if I want to call it hope for the season, but there's still enough interest in the season right now. Uh, maybe by the next time they play at home, maybe that's a little bit different if the record continues to slide.
0: I think the, you know, I think the initial crowd at the beginning of the game is going to be really good because I mean, who knows maybe this is the last, well, now you got your Thursday night game against Syracuse, but it's still, it's an opportunity for night game inner Sandman, which is another level from day game Sandman. Oh, Sandman. And everybody wants to experience that right now. Uh, you know, I expect large sections of the student section will be downtown or back home for the second half is mild guess, but but we'll see.
3: Yeah, I, I'm with them. I think this the weather, like it's still a bit warm. We're getting closer to fall weather, but like Hoodie and shorts weather. This is the opportunity for students to go to games and not have to worry about how cold it's going to be. Yeah. Finally. Like one one last game, you get into Mid October with Wake Forest, and then you got a night game against Syracuse in late October, and it's gonna be chilly, and and you'll probably you know you'll probably see the crowds dwindle a little bit. So I I think I think people are still, especially with Pitt coming in, like this is a game Tech fans I think will be up for, whether the team's up for it is a different conversation.
0: The, the, the weather's always funny in Blacksburg because uh, I said the 2011 Clemson game was played on this weekend. I think it was. September 30th, and uh, or maybe October 1st, but, but whatever. It was so cold that weekend. It was between 35 and 40. There were s- snow flurries. The wind was blowing. At our tailgate, we actually cut off a couple of tree branches and set them on fire to stay warm. <laughs> I'm dead serious. It was freezing. That was September 30th, or October 1st. The same time, I've been to a Tech Miami game in Blacksburg on December 1st where it was like 72 and I wore shorts. You, you kind of never know what you're getting yourself into with uh, Blacksburg weather during football season. Awesome. All right, let's go uh, a handful more here. Tech throws the ball for 175 or more. Okay, so let me do math. If I, if I picked him the over for uh, running, so I, if I say yes, there what was it, 120 or 125 for running? We had 125 for rushing. Okay, so I would go over, so let's say barely by 130, and then you over – how many did threw throw for last week? That's a good question. Let me to tell you? Yeah. And, and, and I
2: looked at his line. Not, he threw for 160 last week. Yeah.
0: So, over on a under. Under. All
2: right. I'm going to go under. So, I'm under on both. I, I don't think it's going to be a you big You think it's going to be a, a tough offensive good. day? And he's projecting I mean, a really exciting be, game. That would be the bet, right? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, what are game? you guys looking at? this going to be a track meet between <laughs> these two teams? <laughs> like, I don't see it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stick with under. No. No.
3: I'm Under, it. yeah, okay. no, I, and no, no question about it. I mean, especially, I, I think you, I think this pit defense will bottle tech up a little bit. I, I, do think, I think the biggest key to this game, Virginia Tech offensively, is get Bechal Tutin involved because he's been so good. I, I think that will come sporadically in the past game, but as we've seen, Jerome's strength is not his arm; it's his, it's his feet on the ground, being able to move. Um, I, I, I can't. He only threw for one sixty at Marshall last week. Even with uh almost close to hundred percent Jalen Lane, I can't I just can't see it. All right. Is this a close game at half?
1: Uh bye. I'll buy it. Yeah, bye. Close game at the half. Okay. At the end of the game, are we looking at a one possession game? Bye.
2: Uh with my score prediction, I'll buy. All right. I'm also buying. I
1: right. I like it. At least okay, so I don't the, think
2: either team is good enough to yeah, blow the yeah, other yeah. one
0: out. Well, <laughs> unless there's like a plus two or three turnover margin right, on one side, right. or a big return, something like that. But you can't pr- really predict those. Things. No, yeah.
3: I mean, you, there, there's a, a theme here. Like it's going to be close. Yeah, it's going
0: to be a
1: one score game. It's going to be a dumpster fire. Yeah, I get it.
3: Yeah. All right. Yeah. So fluky play
1: is the difference. So by that I mean you're talking somebody wins by three or seven or four or whatever it is. But the difference is like late third quarter, early fourth quarter. Special teams touchdown, defensive touchdown, or turnover. Like a fluky type play is the difference in this game. It's not that somebody goes out there and necessarily wins it on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold. Okay, fair.
2: I, I mean, I'll say hold because yeah. you can't predict that stuff. But, I mean, you look at some of the tiny differences in these games, they're not always a big play like that. It's a penalty it's a a mistake in a certain situation that Virginia Tech's been doing uh, these last couple weeks. I mean, you take away a couple of those penalties against Marshall, that could be a completely different game. So, I think there are small things like that that could happen that doesn't need to be this momentous play that changes the. That's a the time. really good do, point. Do penalties count? Yeah, yeah. let's let's throw yeah, penalties right, in I'm there. Buying.
1: Does that change your guys' answer if it's nah, penalties? No, nah, I mean I'm, I'll still I'm say stuck. hold because okay. it's tough to I'm predict. But
3: yeah, some some something, something. This is something dumb is going to happen. <laughs> Two really bad teams. Something dumb is going to happen.
0: Winning on the margins is not. Yeah, it's I mean, not something again, that Virginia Tech is particularly it, good at.
3: No, at you know, it, you know it's. I mean, it could be something as like I think I think back to like close games in Lane Stadium. Um, you know, it could be something as dumb as like a player running into a referee or somebody. Run you know, into like a like referee. or Late like hit out of bounds. Yeah, I mean, just where where
0: somebody gets a fifteen yard penalty or a tar- or a fluke targeting penalty. Have we ever have we actually have we ever seen that before? Like the game winning touchdown is scored like on a passing play and the linebacker gets picked by the ref or something. Has that ever happened? Oh, I'm sure it has. <laughs> well, I mean for tech. I I d I don't know. But I, mean, uh, I think that could I think, happen. I think, yeah, I think back to one yet. of those Carolina
3: games a couple years ago where uh I think it was Chamari Connor like ran he it was tech was coming back off the field after like a fourth down stop and Chamari Connor just like absolutely decked a UNC player. And it's like like just there are little tiny things like what if a targeting penalty? We have not had a targeting penalty in
2: a while, like since ODU, so yeah. So, like, a targeting... that's a while, that's three, <laughs> three <Yeah>. games. <laughs> uh, there were like six in the game
1: that yeah, they reviewed. Uh, so. I don't, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, a, a it's random
0: unpredictable. event. So, like, Dax Holyfield targeting fourth quarter Notre Dame, yeah. oh, huge, yeah. huge play in that game, right? That was, uh, yeah. and even like the year before the or 20, yeah, 2019 when Tech played at Notre Dame, that, that Jermaine Waller targeting. Was yeah. was critical get, to the outcome. That's un. It's that
3: so unpredictable. Right.
0: Exactly. All right. Phil
1: Jerkovic plays in this ball game. Buy, sell, or hold.
0: He didn't finish the last game, and he's not playing well to begin with. So you're kind of maybe tempted to try the other guy for a week. And if you're going to do that, do it in a week where Jerkovic isn't 100. Uh, I'll hold. Okay. I'll say
2: bye. I, think, I have to take I, hold out of it. That he, makes it less fun. He played last week. Uh yeah, a lot of time in between. I think he'll give it a he'll give it a go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think he'll play a little bit. I'm buying it.
3: I, I don't know how much, but he'll play.
1: Okay. All right. So Phil Drakovic plays to Andy and David. Chris isn't quite sure. Uh Pitt throws the ball for 175 or more. Again, same line as tech. These teams really kind of mirror each other in a way on offense.
0: Uh I think they're going to run it so much that they might not have a chance to pass for 175 unless they hit, like, a huge play or something. So I'm going to sell.
2: Sell it. I don't think they have a great passing offense. I think Tech's pass defense is pretty good.
0: All right.
1: So. Now, I did not get the opportunity to see your guys' picks, so we'll get to that at the very, very end. Uh, this is the last buy, seller hold before we get to the picks. Um, this is the last sellout. In 2023, uh, like officially hmm. announced earlier in the week, hey, the game is sold out. This is the last one. I've heard they're fairly close to selling out Wake.
0: Nice.
1: So, really? I'm yeah. surprised I'm, not the Thursday I'm gonna night. I'm going to that, that, sell they'll. I, I think they'll s- I think sell out Syracuse Thursday night. I think they sell that yeah. out as well.
2: I think I'll sell on this one. I think they have a better chance of selling out Wake than Syracuse just because... Saturdays are easier yeah. for everybody to get to Thursday with a lot of people that work are tougher, two. But I, I think yeah. Wake, homecoming, I think they'll sell that out. I yeah.
1: guess my mind just went to last year, West Virginia was, like, the first to sell out, and that was the Thursday night game. Oh, that was so also that's West Virginia. Virginia. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's an excellent and, point. I only yeah, lost sorry, one yeah. game in the so fans
3: are. I don't know if they're exactly going to come down in droves for this one, Gio.
1: Uh, uh, I, got like, like I, got I got, like, 25 heaters coming down Good to Blacksburg times. for Jesus. that one. So. Uh, at least the Heater Clan will, will be out in full effect. Uh, last one for you guys. Tech wins this game, and I didn't see your predictions yet. So,
0: sell. I picked it 23 to 17. Pit.
2: I took my shot last week with the upset, uh, so I got to sell on this one. I said 19 16. Pit. No. Yeah. Sell. 20 17.
3: Pit. Wow. Have some faith, gentlemen. <laughs> I gave uh, him a shot last, I last week. <laughs> I you know, like, think. I think Chris. I I don't know about Andy, but I think Chris and I are on the same wavelength where, like, these are all winnable games. Virginia Tech has had opportunities and will have opportunities to be in just about every single game. We're not going to talk about what's happening next week in Tallahassee. <laughs> That's going to be a dumpster fire. But Tech will ha- Tech has had and will have chances in every single game it plays this year. The problem is the margins are so thin. And we saw last week when the Hokies had opportunities. You got a fourth and one and you got a false start when you can't afford it. Just little tiny things. I just don't think Virginia Tech, until Tech proves that it can get over that hump. Chris and I have both
0: That's, agreed that we're yeah. not picking Tech until we see them do it. Yeah, absolutely. And th- there's just so many. They just they find ways to to lose football games. Um, they beat Liberty last year in in a very close football game. But other than that, you look at all these closes, close losses or close games going back to last year. Almost all of them have been losses um so i just that's just not a situation where virginia tech plays well in and you know occasionally you're going to win one of those by default of course but tech has lost their last nine games against power five teams which is now the longest streak in the country right i believe so yeah yeah. northwestern snapped it last week so i will pick virginia tech to beat another power five team after they actually after i see them actually (laughs) beat a power five team so that, that's of my call for for the rest of the uh, rest of the season. Um, not sad. the tech will win again this year, I think. But I'm just see in, it. individual matchups. I'm not picking it until 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 I see it. Uh, they'll probably beat Wake because I'll be at a wedding in Charleston that weekend, so I won't even get to see it. But. That's am probably when they'll win.
1: I think they might beat Florida State, personally. Do you? No. Well, I think they might beat <laughs> Syracuse. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. So Trist, you don't give me going. <laughs> they will not beat Syracuse. They probably won't. Yeah. I don't know. Um we'll we'll see they I'm not gonna talk about Syracuse. I don't want to get yelled at in the comments
2: like I do every week. Yeah.
1: Uh Andy, anything else from you uh before we let everyone go?
2: Yeah, I just uh, it feels like a bad matchup to me. Uh Pitt is a punch in the mouth kind of team. It's gonna be a, a four quarter. Just, you know, fist fight down there in the trenches and I don't feel like that's this team's strength for the Hokies. The offensive line struggled to really push anybody around. And, you know, you've seen the rushing stats, rush defense stats that Virginia Tech's had so far. I just, I, you know, even though Pitt's struggling, I just, I can't get out of my mind. Those past series matchups, or maybe Pitt wasn't rolling coming in. They got things going, hmm. uh, be just because of the style of play that they have. And then offensively, you're going to have to, you know, win some 50, 50 catches in the air. I, I don't know if that's a strength of this receiving court or a strength of drones, throwing the ball necessarily. So, just a lot of matchup things I don't like in this one.
0: Year over year, Pitt is the more physical football team than Virginia Tech. The only time that hasn't been true in recent years was 2019. But, you know, 2018, t- did they even play in 2020? I guess they played in 2020. Yeah, that was a
2: uh Pickett had a huge that's, game. That's right. That's
0: right. Uh, anyway, Pitt's more physical every year than Virginia Tech these days. And, and. Generally, the more physical team wins, and and t- until I see Virginia Tech play more physical football, I think they've made some strides on the offensive line. I think they've been steadily better there the, the last two weeks, but uh, I don't I don't I haven't seen them improve enough to where I feel like that that they're gonna you know play well against Pitt, and especially when you look at the other side of the ball. I mean, that defense has just got a it's got to take huge strides um, before I, I feel like this is a winnable game. I think it's it's winnable and I picked it to be a one score game because the pits pits offense is so bad. But when it comes down to it, the more physical football team over four quarters is, is probably going to win. And unless there's a big turnover advantage or a big special teams advantage, um, I think that's going to be pit. Tucker Holloway needs to rip one this week. Sounds yeah, like
1: it mean, has been close. Yeah. yeah, he has been. We just had him on the spotlight this week.
3: I, I think this is a good big picture question to end on. Um, day? De- Somebody asked this on the message boards. Dave Brain, the athletic director during much of Frank Beamer's formative years, forced or at least encouraged Frank to change his staff, which in turn led to success. Does Witt Babcock seem like the type of athletic director that would simul- similarly put pressure on Brent Pry to do the same
0: if things don't turn around by the end of the year? Well, I, I, I want to get into this a little bit, actually. This is a good question. Right, Wit has no experience in football. Tech's past two athletic directors were both former football coaches. So Dave Brand actually literally used to buy donuts and go in for Sunday morning staff meetings with the coaching staff. Carol Lee Donuts. Exactly. And you can find out a lot over breakfast with Carol Lee Donuts, right? And uh, so he was able to sit in there after games and, and identify as a former football coach, as a guy who coached at UVA, as a guy who coached at Georgia Tech, you, you know, major programs here. He could identify that that staff wasn't good enough, and, and Jim Weaver is a for, you know played at Florida, I believe, and was a former football coach before he got into administration. Like he knew the things football coaches needed to succeed and things like that. And I don't think there's anybody here in the administration at Virginia Tech that is capable of doing that. Um, you know, Witt never played football. He doesn't have an associate AD for football. I mean, technically, Blinn, I guess you could say, but. He's only ever been under one person. Well, he's been under three people now, technically. But, but uh, it's just you need a little more outside experience, I think, with other staffs and things like that. Um, I, I, like, I don't think if changes need to be made at the end of the season, I don't think it'll be because Whit Babcock forces it, per se. Um, but another thing that Dave Brain did was, like, he knew personally, he knew Phil Elmashing. So when Frank decided or it was decided for him or whatever, like, Phil Almashin told the story. It was like, yeah, it was Dave Brain that called me, the athletic director. Dave Brain had an established relationship with Phil Almashin because he had been a coach for a decade, and he knew him. Maybe he coached with him. I don't remember. But, like, that's not something wit can do. So I, I think it's, uh, yeah, do I think they're going to need to make some changes at the end of the season? Yes. But that's probably not something the athletic director needs to get involved with, except for signing some checks.
2: Yeah, I mean it's early in the season, so we'll see how the season plays out. But I think if there are going to be changes that need to be made, that you you don't get four, five, six years in this current climate, and I think as a head coach you realize that if you start out struggling this much in the first two, you go, man, I might have one or two years left possibly on the before they, they make a change, if I don't start to make changes. So I think there's sort of that internal clock uh with coaches these days that they know that they've got to switch things up. It's not like the eighties and nineties where you had a long time, you got a long leash with that stuff. There's so much invested in these football programs now. That if it's not working, you do have to make changes. Now I don't know if it's gonna to get to that point. Again. They have a whole ACC schedule to play out here, but we kind of see how things are trending and what the odds are in some of these games. I think it could get very well, could get to a situation where they do have to do some stuff. All right. What's
1: coming up on TSL this week before we let everyone go. You're doing a
2: mailbag mailbag? today. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm doing my some lively questions. i bet there is (laughs) on the message board. So,
0: um, sure, man, same stuff as usual. Uh, I guess Brandon Patterson will have an article breaking down pit. Um, Although, you know, at this point, you can probably, you know, read some of his past breakdowns and, uh, and say, this is kind of what Pitt does. You know, it doesn't change very much except the personnel. Uh, but yeah, typical week of content.
1: Cool. Anything from you, David? No, we're good. All right. Sounds good. Uh, we'll also have, as far as video goes, let's see, Spotlight came out yesterday. I'll be down on the field with the uh, package out on Sunday. So, uh, be some fun stuff on the video side of things. And uh, that wraps up our show. So, for Jack Brisendine, producing behind the scenes for managing editor David Cunningham, senior staff writer Andy Bitter, lead analyst and columnist Chris Coleman. I'm Giovanni Heater saying so long. We'll see you on Monday when we talk about this game. Between the Panthers and the Hokies, 8 p.m. prime time in Lane Stadium. You can watch it on TV on the ACC Network. You can listen to Bill Roth and Mike Burnup on Learfield, or you can go to the game as well. It's a sellout, a whiteout in Lane Stadium. Enjoy the weekend.